0: Hi, this is Tim Ash, author of the book, Landing Page Optimization, and your host for LPO here on webmasterradio.fm. I want to tell you about Conversion Conference West 2010. It's happening May 4th and 5th in San Jose, California. You can register now at conversionconference.com. Conversion Conference is the first in an ongoing series of shows that focus exclusively on conversion. The conference will feature 26 dynamic sessions with the best and brightest in conversion marketing to help you drive leads and revenue. With keynote presentations from Brian Eisenberg, Jakob Nielsen, and me, Tim Ash. We're also happy to be sharing our expo hall and networking events with the Parallel eMetrics Marketing Optimization Summit webmasterradio.fm listeners can get an extra $100 off the early bird registration by using promo code CCW 543. That's CCW 543. Save a total of $600 off the full conference rate when you sign up for the early bird registration by April 10th. So make your plans to join us at the beautiful four-star Fairmont Hotel in San Jose, California for Conversion Conference West 2010, May 4th and 5th. Register now at conversionconference.com. That's conversionconference.com.
1: The opinions expressed on this Webmaster Radio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of Webmaster Radio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited.
2: Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash.
0: Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. This is your host, Tim Ash, and today it is my pleasure to have Matt Mikskevich, uh with us on the show. And Matt, as many of you may know, is a serial entrepreneur. He's the co-founder of SitePoint and 99designs and Flippa. So he's a pretty busy guy. Uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's my pleasure so yeah you've uh, you've kind of done a lot in in your life can you tell us about these three current projects you're working on and uh you know kind of where they fit into the whole web ecosystem
3: sure thing so i've been around uh, i've been doing this for about a decade now starting off with sitepoint.com sitepoint is a massive online resource visited by millions and millions of web professionals every single month. So we provide a fantastic array of content about web design, web programming, and web development in general through blogs, articles, tutorials, email newsletters, a vibrant forum as well as books that we put out. Um, Every six weeks, we actually put out a new book on web design and web development. And you can buy those books both through our website as well as Amazon, Borders, Barnes & Noble, all that fun stuff. And then uh, what's uh, 99designs and Flippa?
0: Tell us about those as well.
3: So both 99designs and Flippa actually grew organically out of SitePoint. 99designs started about two years ago now, and it's a, the largest crowdsourcing community in the world for graphic design. We have 60,000-plus designers um, who compete to do the best job for you as a client in fulfilling a creative brief. So they, you come to our site, describe what you need, and designers submit their best ideas and concepts for your review. could be things like logos, web page designs, landing page designs, T-shirts, banner ads, so on and so forth. So we've sort of turned the entire outsourcing model on its head because rather than getting back bids and quotes, you're getting back actual work that you can view and provide feedback so- on. So basically, it's a kind of a almost a contest
0: model. Only the guys or the people or the company with the winning design gets any money. Everybody else just work for you for free.
3: Exactly. It's a design contest, which makes it very competitive, but also ensures that you get a very good result um, for a great price in a short amount of time. Yeah, And uh, what about Flippa? What's that? flippa is a marketplace for buying and selling established websites so we all know there's tons and tons of activity in the domain name space there's after nick uh, cdo great domains all these marketplaces where you can run an auction to sell your domain name but what we realized is that there really was no place to sell a small website there's millions and millions of small blogs forms and websites that people run as a hobby maybe you know uh, forum about food or wine collecting or or their f- favorite car. Um, but when people wanted to cash out and liquidate these assets, they basically didn't have a choice except to abandon the website altogether. They couldn't hire a business broker or an investment banker. These sites are too small. They might only be making $200 or $500 a month. So what's the best way to realize the value for these assets? And we realized that adopting the domain name auction model to establish websites would work really, really well. And now we're selling a couple million dollars in websites through this format every single month. That's fantastic. Well, like you say, all three of your your current
0: businesses make eminent sense, and I can see the niche in the marketplace that they fill. Uh, In SitePoint specifically, like you say, you have a, uh, a huge array of web developers and graphic designers involved with that. Uh, community and web programmers as well. Uh, Let's focus this on on kind of the topic of this show and landing page optimization. Um, In my experience, web developers, at least until recently, and graphic designers rarely think about conversion. Uh, What would you say the mindset is of a typical designer that's told to redesign a site or a landing page?
3: I think most of them don't know where to start or simply trying to design something that looks good to the client because they don't want to have to go back and make further and further revisions. Um, I think especially as a web designer, you're constantly getting feedback from your client asking for changes. Can you switch this link? Can you change that font? Can you make this brighter, bigger, bolder? Um, So it becomes a kind of design-by-committee process where you're just ultimately trying to get sign-off on the project so you can get paid. Um it's not about conversion in many cases, yeah, okay, that's an interesting
0: point you bring up. so basically the the it's the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. Uh, so in a way, if your clients are you know dictating what your website's about, even your best judgments as a graphic designer may go out the window because
3: you're just trying to get the project to an end and get paid. Absolutely. There's no such thing as an ideal client. And many people like to think of themselves as designers or having good aesthetic sense um, when, in fact, they don't. And they ask a designer for change after change after change.
0: And probably destroy the original concept in the process, kind of a death by a thousand cuts, if you will. Exactly. Well, what about the the, the kind of perspective of the designers themselves? Let's say a designer in some ideal parallel universe had the ability to design the perfect page, do they think about conversion or what's their
3: mentality? I think a lot of the mentality currently is still around making your website work in the different browsers, trying to support Internet Explorer 6, which let's hope dies (laughs) as death very, very soon. Well, what's the percentage (laughs) of uh, people still on IE 6 or 7? Um, it depends on website by website, but I think it's 5 to 10% across the entire web still. There's a lot of government organizations and corporates which basically have IE6 installed and are afraid to upgrade or don't have the resources to do a rollout across their enterprise. Yeah, so just for our listeners
0: that aren't familiar, those older versions of the Internet Explorer browser uh, basically break a lot of things and don't display newer websites properly. So they you kind of have to custom code around them. Just to make sure that the people using them still have a good experience.
3: Exactly. Many designers actually end up doing two separate designs of the website, creating two separate style sheets one for Internet Explorer 6 and one for (laughs) all the modern web browsers. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of work one has to put into to get something as simple as a web page to render correctly.
0: Yeah, thank you, Microsoft. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Uh, well so what i hear you saying is they're mostly kind of technical considerations of building and constructing the page and making sure it works and looks okay but what about the actual content or again i'm trying to see if there's any thought do you think that's that's actually being given to the business objectives behind the website or the landing page
3: i'd really love it if the designers you know became more Uh, Acted more as consultants to the clients, you know, saying to the client, maybe you should have a better business bureau logo or a hacker save logo on your e-commerce checkout pages to improve chat or ask the client, you know, what about implementing live online chat support to boost your sales? Um, Things like this are quite easy wins, but the clients probably don't know about and don't think about unless it's brought up in the topic of conversation. I think a lot of web designers still have to educate themselves and in turn educate the clients on some of these topics. So uh, if we had to kind of
0: classify different types of web designers, would it be fair to say there are ones that are graphically oriented, there are some that are kind of uh, construction oriented, and then there are some that are technical and kind of get involved with the construction of forms and other
3: dynamic uh, content? Absolutely right. A lot of people, are, for example, come from the print side. They used to be print designers that moved onto the web and they're still applying the principles of typography, of layout, of, you know, color schemes, things like that to the web, while not necessarily thinking of the web as an interactive medium where you have to think with the end goal in mind. Yeah. And so the, the problem there, of course,
0: versus the print and the attention spans are much shorter and you don't have the physicality or the high resolution of a printed piece so what kind of mistakes do print people make on the web
3: um they don't think about uh how the visitor will view the website um how they will interact what sort of information they're going to look out for you know things like about us pages to build trust the safety logos to uh to get people's attention and to uh, make them more comfortable in purchasing, um, as well as the headline and the entire copywriting aspect. One thing to keep in mind is that it's not the web designers and the web developers writing the copy on the websites. It's often the clients who ab- have absolutely no idea about copywriting. They don't go and read copy blogger every day or books by Dan Kennedy or who have you.
0: Oh, that's that's certainly true. I want to hold that thought. After we come back from this break, we're going to explore that a little bit more. And uh, I also want to talk to you about, you know, why you can drink, vote, and drive a car in British Columbia, but they wouldn't let you buy a house. This is Tim Ash, uh, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And we will be back after a few words from our sponsors.
2: More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment.
1: Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. Thank you. Since I signed up with RevenueWire, conversions have increased dramatically. RevenueWire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, ParadoLogic, and AvonQuest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher. Thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Round-trip plane tickets, eleven hundred dollars Four-night hotel stay, $900. Conference passes, $2,000. And to think how far your dollar could go every month by working with WebmasterRadio.fm. On-air and on-demand at some of the most premier trade shows around, we report from booth to booth, session to session, keynote to keynote. That can be sponsored by you. Plus, we throw unforgettable networking functions where your message can be conveyed via audio or video from the ceiling to the floor. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm them for a free consultation. Maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the US alone. If this were a real PR Web release date, your website would have so much traffic you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Search for Solutions, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
2: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
0: And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my guest is Matt from SitePoint. And uh, Matt, before the break, we were just talking about uh, the and a propensity of the clients to, to write all the copy
3: for the website. Now, what's what's wrong with that? I think most clients have absolutely no idea what uh, a typical website visitor coming off of Google looks for um, when trying to decide whether or not to do business with a particular company. They don't read copy copyblogger. They know nothing about writing great headlines. Um, they might not even think about offering money-back guarantees or quotes and testimonials and all these other trust uh, signals that typically make up a good landing page.
0: So, yeah, what we see a lot on websites is what I call marketees. Somebody just writes fluff about our company is the world's foremost solution for dot, 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 and uh, it's just all you know, basically garbage that has to be filtered out by the reader. Um, they're, like you say, they're not schooled in direct response basics or effective copywriting, and yet uh, here they are giving the graphic designers all of
3: this text to drop into the middle of the site. Exactly. And often that text is just a long list of features with no real call to action, no real benefits, um, no links to external reviews or customer quotes. Um, All the basics are left out because it gets relegated to the bottom of the pile in terms of priorities. Yeah. Now, I know that you're going to be speaking at uh,
0: our upcoming conversion conference uh, in May in San Jose and we'll talk about that later. But one of the other speakers is going to be Brian Clark uh, from copyblogger.com. And basically, that's all he writes about is how to write effective copy and headlines. And uh, there's a whole art to that. But he and I have had conversations. And he says, don't reinvent the wheel. The basics of human psychology haven't changed. So learn from the masters. Would you agree with that kind of approach?
3: Absolutely. it's at 100% correct.
0: Well, great. Switching gears for a minute. Um, I understand that you wanted to buy a house in British Columbia where you lived and you couldn't. Uh, Tell us why not. Are you on some kind of uh,
3: blacklist in Canada or what? (laughs) Uh, So It was really funny actually. When I was 18, I had the cash um, and and I really wanted to buy my own property in British Columbia, but I wasn't of legal age. Um, to sign a contract, which is 19. So I complained a lo- I complained loudly. I made it onto the front page of the big newspaper here, uh, the province newspaper. Um, and uh, the answer was still a no. You have to be 19 to enter into a legally binding contract um, for a mortgage to buy a house. So despite me being able to get married, but despite me having driven a car for multiple years, despite me being able to serve in the army, I was unable or... Considered not responsible enough by the government to be able to uh, put forth the cash to buy a house. So I had to wait till uh, two weeks after I turned 19, I bought a house. <laughs> so you the, were, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I think I pretty much became the youngest house buyer in British Columbia at that time. Okay, but to be, still fair,
0: yeah, to, to be fair, though, uh, I mean, the Canadian army doesn't often serve in harm's way, so that's pretty safe <laughs> duty. <laughs> Okay, okay. Canadian jokes aside, their dollar is now on parity with ours, so we suck. Canadians are great. I've always said Canadians are like Americans, only nicer. Uh, (laughs) Nobody hates a Canadian.
3: Just don't hold us accountable for the lack of snow with the Winter Olympics coming up. Tomorrow, uh, uh, sure. actually. Yeah, I think
0: uh, basically you guys just uh, somebody misplaced the snow. It Apparently, hit the eastern seaboard and clobbered Philadelphia and Washington D.C. So that's where all the snow is, in case you're wondering.
3: I'm not sure if you've read the announcement, but they're now asking all the athletes to bring their own snow.
0: <laughs> well, a, a snow cone will do you right. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on. Let's talk about uh, a little bit about. Um, the the copywriting aspect we've covered, but what about kind of the visual portion of websites? And what is it? Um, what are kind of typical again blind spots or
3: mistakes that you see web designers making in the visual sphere? I think the website often reflects what a company thinks of itself. So based on their departments or how they classify different divisions in their company, rather than how customers might view. Um, their organization, so websites often their information architecture is structured incorrectly, you know, uh, am I, a, for example, even on Dell makes this mistake, am I a home business user, am I a small business user, um, you know, what category do you fit into? And it's just because of the way the is organized internally, and then they try and reflect that on their website, which really doesn't make sense for many customers. Okay,
0: well you you kinda of switched gears a little and talked about kind of the the layout information or the roles and tasks of people showing up and we can we can pursue that a little bit. So yeah, basically uh I've always said that the purpose of a home page on a website specifically is to get people off the homepage. You shouldn't be trying to tell them everything on the homepage, you should just let them raise their hand and self-select and get to more relevant portion of the site where you can speak in a much more targeted way to their specific needs. Uh, is that kind of what you're talking
3: about? Absolutely.
0: Uh, so when, you, when you, a lot of it has to do with verbiage, right? Or like you say, the company thinks of it as product uh, or service focused
3: and the customer comes in and with a completely different mindset. Exactly. The customer has a problem that they're looking to get solved and they want to know whether or not you can solve that problem for them and you just have to make that information easy to find. So
0: basically, you know, one of the things that uh, should be applied is you know not the perspective of your company, but as I often say the the perspective of your visitors and user-centered design should be at the core of your design process.
3: Exactly.
0: So, you know, one way to do that is to think of just the stage of understanding or the thought process that somebody's in. So even you, they show up, I see a lot of direct response forms where you say, "Fill out the form." Well, they may not be ready to do that yet. So, having actions like download our ebook or sign up for our newsletter it might be earlier stage actions that aren't even emphasized
3: exactly i think that's one of the other key components that's missing on many websites today they try and go straight in for the sale rather than uh trying to build a relationship with the customer one-on-one. So just to give you an example from our own experience, um, if you're looking to buy a book from sitepoint.com, what we've been doing for almost a decade, is <laughs> offering you four free sample chapters in exchange for your email address. So you basically get a quarter of the book free of charge, risk-free, that you can start reading in your spare time. And only after you've read those sample chapters, do we start emailing you and asking you for a sale. So I think it's a much more effective way rather than just here's a book, here's what it's about, and here's the order now button,
0: yeah, buy it, you know kind of pardon me, but crap or get off the pot, right exactly, yeah, and yeah, the problem with that is it's it's inappropriate, it's the equivalent of in a you know going to a a bar and uh saying, "Hey, will you sleep with me to the first attractive woman you see? I mean, you're rarely going to get a yes answer unless you're Brad Pitt or
3: something right, and if you do get a yes answer, you probably don't want it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, run, if, it's, <laughs> if it's right around two o'clock, closing time. Uh, yep, run, run, run. Uh, all right. Well, let's see, I think we've taken that analogy as far as it'll go. <laughs> let's come back to web design. So basically, you know, what, what I hear you saying is that a lot of times there's a kind of a um, a lower investment thing that you have to do. Uh, I'm sure that you you're familiar with Seth Godin's permission marketing. Uh, He he basically says you have to bribe people to get even the least amount of information, like an email, out of them. Exactly. So offering incentives helps a lot. Okay. Well, great. We're going to take another break here, and we'll come back with Matt from SitePoint.
2: More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment.
1: Did you know
0: 99designs is a
1: leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet? Did you know 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you? Did you know
0: 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, webpage design, t-shirt design, and more?
1: Did you know
0: 99designs projects the average of over
2: 70 different design options for a price that you set?
1: 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. Best Search Strategies. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
0: And we're back. Uh, this is Tim Ash, your host for Landing Page Optimization. This week, my guest is uh, Matt from SitePoint and 99designs and Flippa, as we talked about earlier. You're a very busy guy. Uh, let's focus a little bit on um, some of the kind of technical issues of site construction. Um, these days, there are a lot more widescreen monitors out there, and uh We see a lot of designers using variable width designs that will stretch. And uh, sometimes in a 1024 wide screen, that looks reasonable. But when you take it out to a 24-inch monitor, it starts looking a little ridiculous. Uh, Can you
3: talk about that? Is that a common problem that you see? Absolutely. I think more and more people, as you say, have widescreen monitors on their desk. So that becomes a very important consideration when thinking about the layout of the website. And, you know, how do you really want 30 words on a single line on the screen? Is that really readable um, to someone coming off to your website off of Google? So I think it's important for the designers to take into consideration who the target market is. If you're targeting designers and web professionals like SitePoint is, Um, Then the majority of them have the latest and greatest screens and computers on their desktop, so we really have to think about that when laying out the site and making sure it's very readable. Um, We all know that uh, short columns uh, work the best, you know, five, six, seven words per line. That's why you see newspapers laid out the way they are.
0: Yeah, it basically is impossible to read a line longer than 45 to 60 characters and then come back and kind of do a carriage return and find the beginning of the next line in a deep paragraph. So keeping lines down to a certain length and even putting hard breaks and hard carriage returns, if necessary, is probably a good practice. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. And, and in general, unless there's a compelling reason to stretch your screen like you need the real estate, uh, we advocate... Uh, using fixed width designs that are visible for most people and kind of look the same to everybody. Would you agree with that approach? I think that's the right way to go for the vast majority of people, yes. Uh, And what uh, screen resolution would you say
3: is the minimum standard that they should be designing to? I think 800 by 600 is almost obsolete, except for some uh, websites which are targeting very, very broad demographics. I think most people now are at least 1024 by 768 or even 1280. Okay, so, so 1024
0: would be safe. I would say so. Yeah, that that's that's probably what we would recommend as well. So if you're going to have a fixed width design, it should be centered on the page with non-distracting uh background color on the sides, not some fancy pattern. So the effective design is somewhere around 960 so you can see the sides of that page starting and you know that there's nothing there off to the sides, right? That's right. Well, good. Uh, Matt, tell us about uh, some of the upcoming uh, shows and events that you might be participating in. Uh, I'm going to talk about Conversion Conference here at the end, but are there is there anywhere else where folks can catch you actually live uh, to speak
3: to you? I'm actually heading off to uh, Yannick Silver's underground online seminar in Washington, D.C. in March, which should be a fantastic event um we have Gary Vaynerchuk from Wine Library TV as the keynote speaker i think we have Jessica who co-founded Kiva speaking there as well as well as a bunch of very young ambitious and successful internet marketers and and, and entrepreneurs sharing their experiences and how they've built their own businesses to where they are today
0: yeah that's a, that's a fantastic event it's a it's an underground event so you probably have to track it down yourself they don't need to publicize cuz they always sell out uh, and, yeah, I've, I just sent a, a copy of my book to Yannick, and we'll see what he has to say. Maybe I'll speak at that one of those in an upcoming year.
3: I'll put in a good word for you.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, and, and you know, when Matt, when you say young entrepreneurs, okay, I'm going to just like, you, you know, you shared the story about buying the house. But I have to say I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. So when you say you've been doing this for a decade, let the folks know when that decade started. How old were you when you started your first business? Fifteen. <laughs> so I'm you weren't even allowed. To, you couldn't even drive the car in
3: Canada at that age, could you? I could not. No, well, which, no, not which gave me some. It gave me some time to save up for my 16th birthday. I was able to drive my <laughs> BMW off the lot <laughs> without a All delay. Right. Hey, if you're gonna
0: do it, that's the way to do it. Uh, more power to you. You do great work in the industry, as you said. You know, you've put out some invaluable educational material that keeps. Uh, web designers and developers on the right path, and I think uh, uh, all three of your services uh, are, are very valuable. Uh, now, for those of you that aren't uh, aware of this, uh, Matt is going to be presenting at our upcoming Conversion Conference in May 4th and 5th in San Jose. I'd welcome all of you to check out conversionconference.com, and uh, I hope to see you there. Matt, uh Thanks so much. We had a blast, and hopefully uh, you'd be willing to come back one of these days and do another segment.
3: Definitely. Thanks for having me.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. This has been your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. We'll tune in next week for more thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders.